Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just kind of, I had to get out of the house today, and there were some errands to run, so I just went for right. it. Nice, man. And uh, whereabouts are you right now? Are you staying still near campus or are you outside of campus for COVID-19? I'm away from campus. I just My house is about uh, you know, a 20-minute drive, 25-minute drive from campus. So Nice. How's it, how's it going in Portland? Like, how's everyone dealing with COVID-19 right now? Yeah, it's okay, man. It's, um, we, people started shelter in place here pretty early. Um, and did a pretty good job with it. So we avoided right. we avoided some of the, the troubles that a lot of places around us had. I think people now are starting to take it a little bit lightly um, right. just because it seems to have died down where we are a bit. So I'm hopeful that people getting out and about a little bit more doesn't change that. But it's, it's okay. Yeah, no, that's really good to hear. Same here in New Zealand. I'm currently calling you from my parents' house. Um, I've been locked down here for about four weeks now. Um, But, I mean, next week we can sort of get out and do a few different things. It's starting to reduce the amount of number of cases each day, which is great. So I don't know how international travel will go, but, I mean, it's all going in the right direction anyway. But, I mean, thank you so much for joining today, Logan. I know you're very, very busy. Um, so thanks for this. And I mean, the purpose of this call is to learn a lot more about the University of Portland soccer program. Uh, you've had experience both on the men's and the women's side. So it sort of kills two birds with one stone, which is uh, great. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, to get started, I guess, how did you get into soccer? Yeah, I mean, first, first, thanks for having me. It's, it's great to chat with you. And Soccer for me was interesting because when I was a little kid, I played pretty much every sport. You know, I was the, kind of the typical American, um, loved football, basketball, baseball. Um, my brother, who's about three and a half years older than me, started playing soccer first. Um, my parents had never seen a game of soccer when they took him uh, to, to start practice and playing. Um, and I just kind of was always there tagging along. Um, soccer wasn't my first love as far as sports are concerned. Right. Um, like I said, I love the other kind of American sports. Um, but uh, kind of just like a process of elimination as I got older, I felt more and more comfortable playing soccer and kind of at some point just realized that um, being, being a smaller kid uh, back then, I was probably one of the smallest my age, that right. I wasn't going to play in the NBA <laughs> and that soccer might be might be the best route for me to go. Um, so I just kind of fell into it, really, and, and yeah. uh, it was a really good decision to stick with soccer, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really good to know. I mean, growing up, I played a lot of tennis, and I wanted to be a pro tennis athlete, but, I mean, at least yeah. we got to live that lifestyle. I mean, you had a good um, opportunity to, to play at one of the top colleges in America. You're a student at University of Portland. Tell us about that. Yeah, again, it's kind of one of those things that I just kind of, it just happened. Um, I come from a place that's, the state's called Idaho. Um, it's far from a soccer hotbed. Um, you know, when I was a kid, no one, no one from Idaho had really ever played professionally. Yep. Um, and so that was always a dream of mine was to kind of try to, to separate myself a little bit and get out. Um, one of the ways to do that was just by going to camps. Yeah. Um, and University of Portland was the closest Division One school to me. Um, so I went for about three years, three summers. I went to camps and 
gradually started to build a relationship with the program. Right. Um, you know, Luis Robles, who was the captain, at, or yeah, was the captain at New York Rebels, and I was with Miami. Um, he was my camp kind of counselor and coach. Um, cool. And Bill Irwin, you know, that, the coach at the time had coached me at the, in the Olympic Development Program. Um, so everything just kind of clicked. Um, you know, went on went on some visits to other schools and had some other opportunities, but for some reason, it just always came back to Portland. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with the location, the size of the school, and also just being a soccer school um, is, is really what, what drew me to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen your guys' facilities on the internet, yes. and I know a few of my athletes have visited your campus, and they said, Amrit, it's one of the most amazing facilities in college soccer. Um, yes. And I, I definitely want to come visit you soon. Once this, all this stuff dies down, I'll come over there and hang out with you. But um, I mean, right. pretty well at Portland. Uh, you were in the West Coast Conference um, freshman team, uh, which is very tough to do. There's some amazing schools, obviously, in the right. conference. Um, and then you obviously had a very successful college career. Um, and then you ended up transitioning into the professional league where you were under mm -hmm. under 23 Timbers. You're at Toronto FC, the LA Galaxy. Tell us about how it was to transition from college soccer into the professional league. Was it a smooth transition? Did it take much adjusting? Um, the soccer part was okay. You know, the, you know when, when everything else stops in life and you're able to just play soccer, sometimes those are the most simple moments. Um, but it's the other stuff that's, that's not always easy. You know, my, my journey to professional soccer was a little bit different than some other people where I actually went to I, – I tried my luck in England and Scotland for about a month. Um, didn't catch on. And then I, I, I went to an open tryout in Florida. So right. all the way across the country for a team called the Puerto Rico Islanders that was playing in the North American soccer league or USL right. at the time. Um, so I, I kind of caught on there. I went to the open tryout. They invited me to preseason. So I, I spent my first two seasons there, um, in Puerto Rico. Um, and, and really kind of was able to, to mature as a player and as a person, um, and I think, I think that, that's the hardest adjustment. I think you go from being a college kid where you're in classes and everything's kind of laid out for you to all of a sudden being a pro. And you've got to deal with the ups and downs of going to training and maybe you have a bad training and now in your head, okay, am I out of the 18? Am I going to travel? Right. It's, just, it's a roller coaster. And especially in college, you go from, you know, having 18 games to now you're a pro and you have 40 yeah. or more spread <laughs> out over nine months. and. Yeah. You know, every rookie kind of fits that wall partway through the season where there's just not a lot of, of life left in their legs. Oh, there you yeah. go. Um, so I think dealing with that, of kind of like finding that wall and pushing through it, um, those, those first two seasons for me as a pro were invaluable as far as taking the next step. Um, and, and, and a lot of that maturity process started at UP, um, which you yeah. know, I'll forever be grateful for, for Bill Irwin and the staff at the time for kind of – helping um, provide a platform where I could, you know, grow up a little bit as a kid and as a student, but also um, continue playing soccer at a high level and, and push myself athletically. Yeah, absolutely. And after your amazing pro career, you ended up back where you, you spent your college career at University of Portland, but not on the women's side. You were, you were on the men's side and you did amazing. Uh, you know, you won a conference title. You went to the NCAA championship. How was it being back at the place where you spent so many um, years being a student? It was phenomenal. You know, I mean, uh, when I finished playing, I moved back home to where I'm from. Um, and I was an accountant, actually. 
Um, nice. <laughs> and the, the, the people that I worked with were great, but the work was not so much. Um, so I started coaching some kids um, at my old club in my high school um, and just realized, you know, I felt like I had a lot to share. Um, and, I, and I felt like I liked, I liked being around the game again and, and, and helping, helping the next generation of players. So I started to kind of keep my ear to the, to the ground and see if there are any jobs out there. It just so happened that around that time, uh, UP on the men's side made a coaching change. And I reached out to the new coach, Nick Carlin Voigt, who'd, who'd come from UCLA and initially just offered my, my kind of my assistance um, with alumni or with whatever they needed, really, just someone who knew the program. And we just wanted to welcome him to the family and let him know if he needed anything that he could reach out. Um, one thing led to the next. And a few months later, I was moving to Portland. So um, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't kind of, it was extremely lucky for me. Not only was the job open, but, you know, I was a person they, they picked to fill that job. And, um, you know, it was, it was incredible. I couldn't have asked for a better place to, to start my collegiate coaching career. You know, Nick Carlin Voigt was amazing. And, and I learned so much. Um, Leonard Griffin, who's now the head coach at San Francisco was the other assistant there. Um, you know, to be able to go home because UP to me is home now um, to be able to go home and see the same professors and, and be on the same field and share the same locker room again with, with that next generation. Um, and to kind of share my experience as a pilot, um, you know, and, and kind of help them out a little bit in, in some small ways uh, was um, more than I could have asked for, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've been in touch with Nick in the past. Um, you know, the men's soccer program is fantastic. And uh, we were talking about potentially getting one of the guys that I was working with from New Zealand to the program. Mm -hmm. um, he ended up going somewhere else, mainly because his brother plays for the Colorado Rapids and he wanted to be close right. to him. Um, but, I mean, it's an unbelievable program. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I would want to go there. It's a, it's a crazy program. It's awesome. And, I mean, then you transitioned from the men's side then you became a, on the woman's side. How did you get into that role? Um, right after the coaching change on the men's side, the women made a, a coaching change as well. Um, they brought in Michelle French, um, who's also an alum, also a pilot. And, you know, her resume is, it speaks for itself. Right. Um, you know, head or, yeah, head coach of the 20s, assistant for the full national team in the One World Cup, herself being an Olympian and a pro. Um, you know, I, I was excited to see what she would do. Um, and, and really from day one, her, her kind of, her energy and her vibe, um, caught my attention. Yeah. Um, just slowly over time became a believer in, and not only her and her, the, her program that she was starting, but the way she was going about it. Um, and so about a year into her time here, um, she came and knocked on my door and kind of closed it behind her and let me know that there was an opening on her staff and asked if I'd be interested. Um, it wasn't anything that I'd ever thought about before. Uh, but just that time around her, watching the program that she was building, watching it kind of form and watching the program get back on the right track. It wasn't an easy decision, but it also wasn't too terribly difficult um, just because of who she is and, um, you know, what I felt I could, I could bring to her program and, and, and help out in some ways. Um, so, so far it's been great, you know, to do three with the men, a program that I played for, and then to be able to transition over to the women and, and wrap up a full season and see – the direction that this program's going and, and all the reasons to be excited. It's, it's been incredible so far. Absolutely. And I guess like, apart from, you know, yourself's professional playing career and the head coaches as well, what else makes the Portland women's program so unique compared to other college programs? 
I mean, first, it's just the history and the tradition. You know, I think it all starts with Clive Charles. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that name, um, but he's, he's a legend here in the U.S., in the coaching circles, especially here in the Northwest. Um, really built the program from the ground up. Um, started with players like Tiffany Milbritt. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on as far as U.S. internationals, um, all the way up to Megan Rapino, um, Christine Sinclair from Canada, Sophie Schmidt from Canada. Um, you know, it's, it's just incredible the, the, the tradition that this program has. Um, the, the facilities, our, our game field is two out of the last three years been voted um, the best field in the country as far as college right. soccer. We've had Manchester City, Inter Milan, Bayern Munich, uh, a whole host of MLS teams, um, some NWSL teams. Um, you know, this is, as far as the West Coast, it's, it's kind of the place to play. Um, you know, every time, every time teams come and play us, they, for their morning walkthrough, they come out with their, their phones and their film in the field. Yeah. Um, it's just incredible. We just built two new, brand new training fields down by the river on campus. Um, one's turf, one's grass, the same, same surface. We don't have men's uh, American football. So right. Soccer on, on campus is the big sport. You know, we've got a lot of other incredibly talented teams. Our cross-country team is, you know, top two or three in the country. Um, you know, our, our basketball teams are improving. Our baseball team's improving. But just kind of culturally, our school's a soccer school. Right. Um, on a Friday or Saturday night, soccer's kind of the thing to do. Um, and that's, that's a very unique thing in, in the U.S. Um, you know, most schools have a, a really big basketball program, a really big football program, and soccer is somewhat of an afterthought. Um, so, you know, we feel, we feel we're, we're pretty well positioned um, to find those special kids, whether they're in America or New Zealand or wherever, who are kind of soccer junkies and might look at a bigger school with 60,000 students and a big football team going to play in you know, some big football games, they might look at that and get excited. But we want those soccer kids that see, see our soccer field, see Merlot, see the history, see the, the energy and excitement around our program right now and, and want to be part of that. Yeah. Um, we think we're, we're positioned as far as the schools outside the Power Five. I think we're one of the few that can legitimately say that our aspirations are to win a national championship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely the best home for an athlete that wants to go over and have a great soccer experience. And, you know, with your facilities and with the exposure of your program, you're going to attract a lot of, like, professional scouts. Do you quite often get, like, scouts calling you guys about some of the girls on your team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's always a conversation we'll, we love to have with our players and with people that are asking about our players after the season. I think this year we had about three or four um, that we're really interested in pursuing it um, in different different areas of the country, different areas of the world. Um, those are, again, conversations that we love to have. I think one thing that sets us apart is that all four members of our staff played professionally. Right. Um, and so we're pretty well connected um, and, and, and pretty well positioned to help our players out. Um, so that's always an exciting thing. It's, it's so cool to, to watch people come into programs and transition and grow over the, four, the course of four years. Um, and then, you know, all of, all of our girls are graduating with great degrees right now. Um, and so that in itself is, is awesome to watch that process. To, to have some, some players have the opportunity to play afterwards is really the cherry on top. Um, yeah, that's just absolutely. a reward for not only us, but for them, especially for them. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a process that we love to be a part of. And we love to see um, the opportunities that can become available um, for people that kind of go about their business the right way and, and use college to, to grow and develop not only 
um, off the field, but on it as well. For people that don't really know too much about your program, um, you know, what are key attributes that you look for in athletes when you recruit them? Is it, is it, you know, academics? Is it um, the pace? Is it the athleticism? Is it a soccer IQ? Is it a combination of those things? What sort of things do you look for? Great question. And, and not, a, not an easy one to answer, but, I think the first thing, the first thing just naturally is the soccer piece. You know, I think that's always what catches our eye, whether, whether we see a video or get a call or an email or we see somebody playing live. I think that's always what, what catches our eye first. Um, you know, that's always kind of the first step. The next step um, is probably the most, one of the two most important, and that's academics. Um, yeah. Our school is a very challenging school. Um, you know, we, we want to recruit young student athletes who we're not going to have to hold their hand to class. Um, You know, we have a lot of resources here on campus to help people academically, but you know, you get a pretty good sense early on, you know, if people are taking their academics seriously, Um, we'd always love a student to have a 4.0 over a 3.0. It just, again, it just shows a little bit of maturity. It shows a little bit of um, understanding of, of the importance of academics. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, you know, we see, we see players, we identify, we want to make sure they're academically up for it. Um, and then the next piece, and, and again, so important is just character. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've got a, a great locker room right now and it's something that, that we kind of, um, pride ourselves on right now. It's just that chemistry and the, the energy around our locker room. Um, so we're very, very picky, especially being alums. We're very picky of, of the character of girls that we're bringing into the program right now. Right. Uh, we don't want anybody to come in and disrupt that um, and, and c- kind of shake things up in a negative way. Um, so those two academics and, and character are, are non-starters. Those are kind of things that they, they just have to be there for us to, to move forward. Um, on the field, you know, college soccer kind of has a bad rep for being athletic and fast and direct and send midfielders getting a kink in their neck from watching it go over their head back and forth. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to, to play a little bit differently. We're trying to keep the ball on the ground. Um, we're trying to possess the ball. We're trying to play a, a brand of soccer that is not only fun to, to, to play, um, but to watch as well. We've got some of the best support in the country, um, and we want to put on a little bit of a show for the people that come to watch us. We don't want to, to just smash the ball and chase after it. At the same time, we understand that the, the goal is to win the game. Um, and so it's, it's always trying to balance that. How do you, how do you play the game the way you think it should be played um, against the need to, to score goals and, and keep goals out of our net? So, um, you know, I think it, part of it is just that, that ability to compete, that willingness to compete, um, the ability to, to get, you know, kind of fully committed to what we're doing as a program um, is probably the biggest thing that we look for as well, just because there's a lot of talented soccer players in the world, but, you could be Neymar and if you're not bought in, you could be Megan Rapinoe if you're not bought in. You're right. You're, right. you're kind of making things a little bit more difficult for yourself and for the team as well. So yeah. all those things combined um, kind of starts to show you why recruiting is a bit difficult. Um, yeah. You know, you're looking, you're looking for something pretty specific. Um, but once we find those players, we get really excited. Absolutely. Well, Logan, thank you so much for talking with us today. Really appreciate it. That gives us so much information about your program um, and for those that are watching this that are, you know, female recruits that are interested in the soccer program, but also even male recruits on the men's side, go check out the University of Portland's um, soccer page online. There's heaps of information there. And if you've got any questions, uh, you've got Coach Logan's email um, on the website as well. Or if you want to ask us a question, send us a message and we'll ask Logan for you. So, again, thank you so much, man, and stay safe over there.
Of course, man. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. And likewise, stay healthy and stay safe and go pilots. Absolutely, man. We'll be in touch. Let's get you a Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> See you later.